Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies and related media. And for this podcast, this is one of a series of special episodes where we're celebrating 40 years of Star Wars. And we're very pleased to welcome back um, a returning guest, a filmmaker, and one of my buddies from film school, James Cheshire. So welcome back, James, on Skype all the way from Florida. Thanks, guys. It's great to be back. How are y'all doing? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. And uh, I checked in a list. You were last on, James, back in June of 2016, where oh, wow. we discussed at that point The Force Awakens, which had obviously come out the uh, the previous winter. So you know, it was around the the Blu-ray release and um, mm-hmm. we were sort of reflecting on that and uh, how that sort of fitted into the Star Wars universe. And, you know, we had questions and things of that nature, but obviously um, for anyone listening, this is going to be a spoilerific um, podcast now because we're going to be discussing the last Jedi, which um, has, has only hit the cinemas this past week so uh if you haven't seen it yet uh this will definitely involve spoilers it's your last warning turn off now (laughs) (laughs) yes that's not your sat nav is it telling you to turn off now (laughs) (laughs) so you don't want to be spoiled oh good Good. uh, you know things have been uh pretty good around here lately and uh you know, it's always good when you get to see uh, Star Wars. Absolutely. How, how many times have you seen it? I've unfortunately I've had time to see it once so far. I was hoping to see it at least one more before uh, this broadcast, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't able to, unfortunately. OK. All right. Well, um, to, to get straight into it, then, um, what's your initial feelings on this? Because I remember on reflection with with force awakens you know uh you had one or two sort of issues with that and i just wondered how you feel about the last jedi well i i rank last jedi above um above force awakens kind of the same way like a a, uh, blanket is over a uh, dead body when it's draped over it (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) I like that bizarre analogy. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought it was better. Uh, well, I, I have mixed feelings. I really wish I got to see it again because uh, my initial reaction was it was better than Force Awakens, but in a lot of ways made Force Awakens worse because it just kind of killed a lot of these mysteries that were left in the air. And... Uh, you know, almost symbolically, with a toss of Luke's lightsaber over his shoulder, it was like, uh, you know, screw Force Awakens. You know, we, none of that stuff's important. And then uh, Ryan Johnson just tossed it over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, and and are you saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing from your perspective? Well, again, mixed feelings. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Force Awakens in the first place, so I mean, I certainly don't mind them diverging from that however they already set up all these questions and my hope was that last jedi would make 
Force Awakens better, kind of like as in, you know, you put these two puzzle pieces together, now you get a bigger and better picture. But instead of doing that, I kind of felt like they almost said, well, you know, let's steer away from Force Awakens and take it in a different direction. And it, it, it almost feels like, uh, it doesn't it almost doesn't feel like, you know, a part one and a part two. It, it almost feels like just two different movies that happen. You know, it could be like Rogue One and uh, Force Awakens or Rogue One and Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my feelings were somewhat um, mixed about it as well, which, uh, you know, Simon and I have discussed in, in quite some length uh, on, on another podcast. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean... You know, one of the things that's happened here is obviously we had JJ's film Force Awakens, and then um, he and Lawrence Kasdan had done an outline for Episode Eight, and um, you, you know, obviously Ryan Johnson has taken it in another direction, uh, in his own direction, and uh-huh. as as a you know as a fan of of the original Star Wars trilogy, and I know you are, James, because back in film school you and i had and rod and dan and whatever had many a conversation about all this in fact had podcasts been around uh <laughs> then i'm sure we would have had our own podcast back in the oh, day we would you have know burned for sure trail. for sure um but uh you, you know do you think that these do you think that ryan johnson's take on it is 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 better worse neither you know what what, what are your thoughts uh worse um, then JJ's yeah. or then Star Wars in general? Oh, Star Wars in general. Uh, okay, I'm kind of mixed about between Ryan Johnson and, and JJ. Um, I think they both would have been better to, to back things up a little bit. I really think they dropped the ball with by um, focusing so much on new characters and not really giving us one good last hurrah with the old characters. I think they, the, the trilogy should, should have started out with the old characters in front and the, all the new characters secondary, but you build them up in each trilogy by the time, uh, by the time you know, episode, whatever the third um, movie is here, you could have these new characters totally kicking ass, ready to take over, perfectly dovetail them into uh, the next trilogy. And, you know, we would have been able to, like, really enjoyed the old characters one last time and enjoyed seeing these other characters up and coming, getting ready. I mean, that's what everybody had in their heads ever since this original trilogy when we were, you know, back in the 70s when we were teased the idea of a trilogy of trilogies. Everybody expected the third one to wrap up the character, the stories of all these characters. But instead, it seems like they almost just wanted to rush them through for nostalgia's sake and then get them out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we were talking to Charles de Lozarica about this, and um, he said uh, it wasn't specifically about Last Jedi, but it was just about, um, uh, you know, Star Wars in general. And, and he was saying that, you know, it would have been nice to have had Han and Luke and Leia together on screen again as opposed yeah. to sort of them getting sort of split up and killed off and and yeah. and you know not having not having any scenes together so i i think and it, 
for us, even if you uh, killed Han off still, I mean, everybody pretty much expected Han to die off in Force Awakens. So I don't think that surprised anybody. But yeah, if you could have still just had them in one, all three of them together, one last adventure, that would have been great. Yeah. But like in the other podcast, you know, like I said, I felt like they turned Han Solo into a, a big loser. And uh, I'm not so sure they didn't do the same with Luke in this one. Yeah. So what what did you think of Luke, the portrayal of Luke then? I mean, and, and you know, where he'd sort of gone since we last saw him, which was obviously uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi. And then some, you know, 35, 40 years or whatever have passed um, to this point. Because obviously this film, unlike the other ones, pretty much picks up immediately after you know, Force Awakens without any sort of uh, major jump in time, um, like like we sort of had with the other films. But um, how how do you feel about the way Luke's character ha- has been treated here? I have a hard time buying his character. I, I mean, uh, you know, Darth Vader, arguably one of the most evil guys in the galaxy. You know, second maybe to uh, the Emperor, and Luke saw the tiniest glimmer of light in him, and that was enough for him to, you know, you know, be willing to sacrifice his own life to redeem his father. And then he sees the slightest amount of darkness in his uh, nephew. And even though it's just for a second, you know, he's ready to just slice him up to pieces. <laughs> you know, that just seems like so drastic. You know, like man, your own your own nephew. And uh, and you're worried that he might be going to the dark side, and you're just ready to strike him down while he's sleeping in bed. You know that really, and, and then and then for him to, you know, like be uh, all depressed and want to go die alone, and all that stuff. Uh, that to me that doesn't doesn't seem like Luke. And I think even the J.J. Abrams, it doesn't seem like Luke. Because why did he leave this ridiculous uh, map to, to find him in the first place? If you know, if he didn't want to be found, if he, if he just went to die and uh, and wanted to be left alone, why why leave this uh, silly map for? Yeah, actually, that's, that's a really good point that I hadn't thought too much about. But uh, yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, it kind of takes away what. Force Awakens sort of set up with this whole map thing um, to the point where, you know, she hands him the lightsaber and he just chucks it away and uh, tells her to beat it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't get that whole lightsaber thing, even at the end of Force Awakens when she returns to give it to Luke, that just kind of seemed strange to me. Like, what's so important about this particular lightsaber that she's got to get it back to Luke, you know, he already has his other lightsaber, and I wasn't under the impression he was, you know, had some kind of nostalgic connection with that one. So, uh, there's we a big saw. mystery. I was going to say, there's a big mystery around this whole lightsaber thing anyway, isn't it? Because that's Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber, which was given to Luke in New Hope, and which obviously he loses in Empire Strikes Back along with his hand. Um, uh-huh. At Cloud City above, above Bespin, so uh, y- y- you know, obviously Maz had it in 
Force Awakens, which, you know, as we've already said, is more than 30 years later. And um, yeah. obviously Luke, yeah, he had he built his own green lightsaber, which he, even when he astral projected himself, uh, he didn't have that. He had the old blue one. So, <laughs> you, you know, we, we were talking about that in the previous podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, like if, if he's going to throw it away, why have it in the astral projection? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, uh, that lightsaber is becoming its own red herring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. My and you know, part maybe. of me wonders, like I know you just said, like uh, Abrams and uh, Kasdan had an outline for episode eight, but a lot of this stuff just makes me wonder if, if, how much of it was Abrams' mystery box stuff? Like, if he actually had a plan for the lightsaber, or if it's just like, hey, you know, it's one of those mystery boxes that gives uh, gives the next guy, you know, something to do. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Who knows with the uh, the development of these things? I, I'm not too sure. But I mean, um, so 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 Luke and and you know the lightsaber and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, you're not you're not over the moon with but what what about i mean what what about luke's actual swan song in this do, do you think that uh did you like that or did you not like how they handled luke at all uh, i'm again mixed feelings um I, I was bummed at the theater like you know i mean i, I have expected him to die but when he died yeah, it's just kind of like, well, that's it, you know. I mean, okay, well, he's gone. You know, Han's gone now. Luke, Carrie Fisher's gone. So, I, I, uh, I, I, I wish he was at the planet. I wish he didn't force project himself. I, you know, I wish there was like an actual. He was at the planet. I wish there was a lightsaber duel. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I was a bit disappointed. Um, I was fine with that he died but under the circumstances of how he died wasn't all that satisfying yeah yeah i know what you mean i went to see it um with my mate ian uh diaz who's a filmmaker we haven't had him on the podcast yet but i went to see it with him and one of his comments was he really wished luke had had you know had a proper duel and basically handed him his you know handed kylo his ass and really kicked yeah. ass with, with with the lightsaber and actually really been there and stuff, you know, would have been great. Um, but obviously, that's not what we got. We got the force projection yeah. from the island. So, um, <laughs> and, I, and I was know. wondering, like, okay, so he force projected those dice he got from the Falcon. Also, that's right. like, yes, like this did. this takes so much effort that he's. But he also adds the dice in. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking, like, if he didn't throw those dice in, you know, he might have just been like really tired. <laughs> And maybe after a month of good sleep, he would have been all right. But he had to add those dice and the hair dye. And, uh, yeah, and damn that, those that just, dice. Yeah, that just tipped him over the edge. And uh, he, he just couldn't come back from that. And uh, he died. There you go. Yeah, no, I was, we, we, we've had the conversation about the my, my captain mm. continuity was going nuts until I figured out what was happening. Because, uh, you know, I was like, hold on. He's dyed his beard and had a haircut what the hell you know and um yeah. yeah that was that was bothering me until i realized what it was and then it was like oh fair enough you know oh, and in <laughs> hindsight and also i'd like to know like what when everybody shot at him what were they hitting if he was just a projection and all this stuff's blowing up 
where he's standing. What were they hitting? Well, just the um, the, the you know the salt covered ground. I mean, what that is apparently one of the continuity errors. So people have said is which I have is, is the fact that uh, you know you know one minute all the grounds obliterated where he was stood, but then when it, when he has the standoff with Kylo Ren, the the grounds back to how it was. Uh, uh-huh. Because what, apparently one of the clues is you see Kylo Ren leaving the footprints, and obviously Luke isn't leaving any. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know whether that's actually uh, y- y- you know a continuity thing or not. I-, I I haven't really sort of studied that that closely. I've only seen it a couple of times. Yeah. But, um, Interesting, but I mean, we're, we're assuming that they were fighting the, the exact same spot. He, he they could have moved. Yeah. So that's that's fair enough. Yeah. But I have to say, I, I, that's something to next time go and see it yeah. to, to look for, see if Luke does actually leave footprints or not. Because if, you know, that's a great little touch, if that's the case. Yeah, no, apparently he, he doesn't leave footprints where um, obviously, uh, well, they set, it up, they set it up with the rebel soldier that does leave a footprint and, you know, uh, Gareth Edwards and mm-hmm. that guy in, his, in their cameo, you know, um, makes a comment on it and then um uh, yeah just just so you know it's not another snow planet it's, yeah it's yeah salt, just so snow. you know it's, it's not hot yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not hot in reverse <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no, that, that, that that was fair enough but i mean um uh i want to I, I bet i bet this bothered you james one of the things i was saying that really annoys me and it seems to be kind of a uh Repton they've made to the Star Wars universe since the prequels is the fact I was really bothered that Luke understood what R2 said. I was like, How oh. do you understand what R2's saying? That's that's you know, he always needed 3PO or the computer on his X Wing to translate. Not you know, and everybody now in the universe seems to understand astromech droids. It's almost like yeah. protocol droids aren't needed anymore. Well, maybe, you know. <laughs> maybe it's just another uh, force power. You know, it just uh, makes you uh, robo-linguistic if, uh, with the force. <laughs> yeah, because Ray's got it, hasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the fact as well is Luke's known R2-D2 now for a long time. I mean, he certainly must, you know, must have a, a gist of, of what he's saying, what those beeps and burps are. So yeah. I, I, that that didn't bother me at all. And I mean, I remember times in Empire when, you know, Luke, you know, understood what R2 was saying. They weren't well, in the X-Wing. I, I thought so, too. So, like yeah. you, you know, like, I, I bought it, you know. Yeah. Well, he, I, says, he says, what is it? If you're saying coming here was a bad idea, I think I'm beginning to agree with you. But he doesn't actually know that that's what he's saying, you know, like on Dagobah or whatever. But, uh, but th- this is nitpicky anyway. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm being really nitpicky, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, it was something. Uh, the, the reason I mention it is it's something we brought up in the Force Awakens one about uh-huh. the fact that Ray understood BB-8 immediately, and 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 you know that was kind of distracting as well initially. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 you know it's 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 geeky. It's a universe they can do what they like. It's like I've read a lot of pro- people have problems with the fact that they um, they have bombers at the beginning that mm-hmm. basically drop the load as if it was in gravity, you know, down yeah. to the planet. But the thing is, the Star Wars universe has never made 
scientific sense with with True. things like gravity and space and mm. all that anyway um hence you know the fact they've got they've got ships with wings and all that sort of thing it's mm. always been a sort of fantasy so i i've never I've, i i personally haven't got so much of a problem with that but i know people, yeah people and that's something i didn't even not think there. about at the time but um you know maybe they were so close to the uh the 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 star destroyer that there's like a gravity field around the star destroyer or something you know you can come up with all sorts of fan answers yeah. can't i mean they so, were within know. the shield so that might have something to do with it exactly exactly but so then it yeah, was yeah. again it was you know taking that world war Two imagery and and put it into the film because you remember the the dog fights from new hope were very much yeah. based on uh dog fights from world war Two. So oh, totally. yeah, so those those bombers were very much you know, you know, straight out of like uh, war, World War Two bombers. So, no, absolutely, yeah. and and I and I'm happy with that because after yeah. all, is Star Wars and not Star Politics, which is kind of what we have with the uh, <laughs> the prequels. with the prequels, wasn't yeah. it? So um, so so yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for that. What did you think then, James, about um, the little sort of subplot with the submission with um finn and rose and the casino planet and stuff like that complete waste of time <laughs> I, I i mean and I, I was so disappointed that finn didn't uh sacrifice himself at the end because i i i thought like okay they just showed that nobody knows what to do with this character you, you know he's uh not a bad character, but just nobody can figure out what to do with him. So I thought if, you know, him sacrificing himself would have been the best thing. And uh, and instead, uh, that goofball Rose, you, you know, r- r- rather than potentially saving everybody, you know, she's got to save her, uh, her boys she just went on this little adventure with for no reason. And, uh, you know, st- screw everybody else, you know. And, and, and if... Uh, and if Luke didn't show up, everybody would have been dead, and Rose and Finn would have been dead also. So all of that, her, her, she, she did nothing for the uh, whole thing. You know, she, she, she almost killed the uh, the last of the Rebel Resistance. It was only Luke that uh, stopped that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I must admit, Finn. <clears throat> You know, in terms of uh, how he was set up in in Force Awakens, was actually one of the most intriguing characters because obviously yeah. he was this stormtrooper that that um, you, you, you know didn't agree with what was going on and changed and wanted to make a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I did sort of feel in this film that. Um, it was almost like, you know, they've got so many characters now. And, of course, they even introduce a new character in Rose. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, they, they, they almost didn't know what to do with all these characters. A bit like they, they said in certain respects with um, Poe in, in, in Force Awakens. So they kind of yeah. like, um, you know, cram this little sub story in. And, uh, you, you know, I, I did feel a little bit like that um, with the sort of... Uh, structure of this film okay. and, and and the and the pacing of, of what is a long okay, film I mean, a two two and a half hour film you know and it's that and um you, you know you know what what i thought was interesting is the same week i saw this i also saw paddington 2 
right? Which, okay, Uh I'm talking about a totally different thing there, a totally different genre. But when you think about it, Paddington 2 is is an adventure film that has a large ensemble of characters. And, you know, one of their characters is, is, you know, a lot of VFX and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And the structure of that story was uh, with Paddington 2 is wonderful, where, like, literally, it's almost like Back to the Future in the fact Mm -hmm. that every little thing that's set up pay, pays off and every character has something to do that moves the story along and whatever. And mm-hmm. I, I know with this, this is obviously the middle part of a trilogy. So I'm really not comparing like for like yeah. here, but I did but, also feel that this was somewhat of a, um, a bloated storyline that didn't necessarily have a, um, you know have everything that sort of made sense and yeah. and, and and worked out but uh, well you also brought up a good point i mean it's filmmaking 101 you know like if something doesn't serve a purpose you cut that out and uh that's their entire uh, that's the whole finn and rose story is didn't work and they didn't cut it out I, it could have almost been an, a separate adventure, couldn't it? It could have almost yeah. been its own sort of <clears throat> anthology movie or whatever um, there. And, and I do, yeah, I do feel that Ryan Johnson, um, when he was kind of trying to pick up from where JJ left off, um, you know, I do feel that uh, that they got a little bit lost with Finn on this one, uh, which is a shame because I think Finn is a great character. And... Um, uh, you know, I, I did sort of feel they got slightly off plot with him a little bit on this. Although I did like his relationship with with the Rose character. Um, you know, I, I I did like that. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, I liked the characters. I just don't didn't really like what they did with them. And um, for me, the 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 whole casino planet thing you know, really reeked of, of, of the prequels actually yeah. it had that feel to it. Although, um, Antonia on the last uh, podcast did actually make a really good point, uh, which I totally accept about the fact that they're trying to show us the larger star Wars universe, you know, um, probably to sort of help set up stuff as well. Like, you know, the, the, the forthcoming Han Solo, um, star wars story and 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 things of that nature but um but i did have a problem like for example with uh bb8 firing uh coins and you know getting filled up with (laughs) coins and by the way that that strange little man that puts coins into him that's actually played by mark hamill uh mark hamill did some mocap um for that character and he actually he revealed that in the q a so there's a little bit of trivia there <laughs> that, that mm. mark hamill played that character as well <laughs> probably wanting more money oh yeah <laughs> i have a question for you guys then so if if you think the um the the rose uh finn subplot should have been taken out what should have been in its place or you know or do you think the story could have been just fine with not having that in it at all well uh, for one i think that this movie was so long that uh, it could have, it would have been nice to have been a little shorter. Um, I, th- I think either if they're going to go through the trouble of doing all that, have some sort of payoff. I, I think that's my biggest thing is that they did, they, they 
put all this effort into doing this stuff and it came to nothing, you know, if at least they accomplished something, it would have been worth it. But it, as it was, it was just like, okay, let's waste your time for 20 minutes of this movie while they don't do anything that helps progress the movie. Yeah. It's just time killing. Yeah, I mean, I have to sort of agree with that. I, I think basically, um, as I said, Finn is a great character and a, and a really loved character. And I think that they were, you know, A, finding something for him to do in this story, whilst at the same time setting up for the next film um, a potential, you know, love triangle, um, you, you know, with the sort of Rose Ray and him or, or or even some people have suggested the uh poe ray uh, uh, sorry so poe po, um rose and um finn you know or whatever but but it, it, it's uh it does feel like that's there a little bit to sort of just give them some or give finn something to do in this in this film um mm-hmm. but uh you, you know and it's not that what they did or what he did wasn't good um you're right. It would have had more payoff at the end had he sacrificed himself. But then we would have lost a, you know, a good character in in the new um, in the new sort of mantra of characters. So, yeah. uh, so I think it's, it's either one. they, yeah, I think if either their their adventure paid off or he sacrificed himself, but we didn't get either one of those. So he ended up just kind of being a. Uh, waste of uh, screen time instead mm. yeah because i mean i don't know whether they're going to go with the love story because it's really weird because because star wars is sort of primarily aimed at kids um mm-hmm. you, you know okay i know we had anakin and amidala and we had han and leia but um y- y- you know star wars doesn't really sort of deal with sexuality particularly and uh, yeah no it's it's know. more sort of romance i mean it's always romance it's, yeah, yeah it's been the, the romance yeah. side of things i mean you know and bromance <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know the i mean the films are based on serials and that was one of the staples you know that the hero would uh you know rescue the princess and you know she would fall in love with him and stuff like that and that's you know that's kind of the the thread that's been in there I mean, with uh, Anakin and Padme, it was they had to get together, otherwise we wouldn't oh, yeah. have had Luke or Leia. Had, exactly. Yeah. The, the story was resting on that one for sure. But, yeah. uh, and like we were saying in our prequels one, we almost wish that they'd, they'd done a little bit more with that, in fact. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, they, they didn't, and that's just the way it is. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a strange one because um, I actually... You know, in terms of the new characters, I did actually like the Rose character, and I think you know she'll be a good character for for the next chapter and whatever. But, um, but you, you know, it, it, this was very subplotty, um, and I know they all have to be. I mean, to be fair, I suppose Empire Strikes Back and everything they, they all go off on their different adventures at different places. Yeah, don't but they? The, it, the, they, it, it all serves the story, though. You're it all right. progresses the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they did, they did do a little bit of whatever they did in that subplot could have been out of it, and it would have made no difference whatsoever to the outcome. You know, it, it yeah. did suffer from that a little bit, didn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I disagree. I mean, I, I do disagree. I mean, 
the the end of the day, um, that the whole sort of the the point of them going off and it being a, a sort of fruitless mission is the fact that if um, Poe didn't feel that he, the leaders weren't doing enough, then you know they could have you know you know their plan could have gone to plan. They could have slipped off the uh, the capital ship and the the fleet would have just flown on by, but because uh, Poe was kind of you know headstrong and restless and felt like they weren't doing anything went on this mission you know sent on this mission to do you know to try and sort of you know uh bamboozle the the first order and of course it sort of messes up in his face and it's you know it's just sort of to the the story arc of poe because you know we start off with a character who is quite willing to sacrifice people to complete a goal which he feels, you know. Yeah, yeah. a need no, to complete. No, I, that, that while would have been great if they went more into, you know, they dived into that that aspect of it. You know, that would have given that whole Finn and Rose thing a whole new perspective to look at it. No, I mean that that's fair. What you said, Simon, because. Because Poe, to be fair, Poe does learn something in this film, which is good. So, so you're you're absolutely right. They they helped sell Poe's character development in this film, yeah. and that's actually a really good way of looking at it. So, yeah, I I totally accept what you're saying there. That that makes sense when you look at it that way. Um, when you think that they were serving Poe's development. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, the end, I can understand why people, you know, think of that sort of uh, adventure as a kind of, you know, a waste of time or, you know, you know, oh, we could cut that out. But it it gives you another perspective on, on the Star Wars universe. I mean, it, it show, you know, when it comes to, as I said before, you know, when it comes to sort of slavery, what we got shown in the prequels, you know, slavery seems to be quite a nice thing, you know, you know, <laughs> little Anakin got to run around with his friends, you know, he might have to sweep the shop once in a while, but, you know, he went off, did pod racing, you know, built, you know, you know, C-3PO, all that kind of stuff, you know, hung out with Jedi you know, it, it didn't feel yeah. like slavery. Here where, they showed them being yeah. laser whipped. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that was pretty disturbing. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 That that that's a good point. Yeah. I, I um I accept that. You know, like I said, I've seen it twice, and mm. these are my sort of first impressions. But I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying everything that I thought was right and everybody else is wrong. That that's actually a, a very valid point. Yeah. So, um, but it, it's just it's it's just interesting that that people seem to be making the same complaint about the film about this whole you know uh sub adventure subplot and um i don't know I, I i do get the feeling sometimes it's they just maybe miss the point or the fact that they feel it's just got to be full-on action all the time and right i didn't think it needed to be full-on action i mean no. it could have been purely character if if uh you know, from the Finn and Rose perspective, if they accomplish something, if you want to add um, Poe's perspective, you know, that adds a new wrinkle to it. Mm. But, but I mean, of, uh, I, if I think back of Empire, the whole sort of, you know, uh, 
Han and Leah trying to escape from the Empire, well, you know, they failed that mission, didn't they? They they went this to Cloud true. City and they got, but it, and they it got served, captured. It served the story. It served the story, though. Which yeah, which is what I, I feel. Which I don't feel the Finn and uh, Rose thing does. I don't think it serves the story. Whereas, well, it that serves one... Poe, doesn't it? That that is a good point. I hadn't I hadn't considered it that way, but it does. When you look at it that way, it does serve um, the development of Poe's character, and 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 you know, again, Poe's character does learn something in this film, hmm. kind of the hard way. Yeah. So I guess looking at it th- that way makes makes it that that bit more palatable, to be fair. But um, yeah, but it, but it, but it, you know, this is all on first viewings, and I'll be honest, I haven't actually read any reviews on this yet, so I don't know what the um, what the feedback's been thus far, but uh, uh, I understand that it has been somewhat divisive, um, mm. you know, in, in its in its feedback is is what I've heard. But I don't know. Have you guys heard any more? I, I've not really followed it. Well, well, there's a uh, Rotten Tomatoes controversy. Oh, is there? You know, okay. Where, yeah, where uh, you, you know the critic score is in the high nineties. I think ninety seven percent, and um, the audience score is super low. Uh, between it's being fluctuating between fifty six and fifty seven percent, and people are trying to say, "Oh, well, there, there's a bunch of tr- trolls on there manipulating the score because they hate Star Wars and they just want to ruin it and stuff." But you know, I, it, a lot of the stuff kind of sounds like the same thing before the last Ghostbusters came oh, out. Right. Like, oh, these trolls, but then. You know, ended up, uh, you know, people had legitimate criticisms mm. about yeah. it. Unfortunately, there's people out there that haven't got anything better to do with their time. <laughs> they should just do a podcast, for fuck's sake. <laughs> 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 uh, but but I, I, I just want to say, though, from personal experience, I find that people who have something bad to say are more likely to go online and write about it than people who enjoyed it. I agree. It's yeah. It's it. You know. It's you. You get a lot more than negative than the positive. I mean, I know my film. You know, people wrote this is shit. You know, or don't buy this shit. And it's just like, oh, come on, man. That's not helpful, is it? It's not helpful at all. This is not a. This isn't a review or anything. This is just you going. Oh, this is shit. You'll get people who do. You know, constructive reviews. For the positive or negative, but you you do get a lot of people who just you know go oh this was awful. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> any any other any other uh, any other sort of burning thoughts on this, James? Because what I don't well, want to uh, do is we we've already done a sort of podcast on this, so I don't want to just cover all the stuff I've already ranted on about. But I'm interested in what your thoughts are <laughs> and and. You, you know what you want to say about this so okay well, I'll, I'll step out into like a uh, larger picture um well, i have some predictions but also yeah, you mean I'll you're going to take a... your first step into a larger world <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry i couldn't help myself <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, <it's... laughs> reach out with your feelings yeah and it's Ooh, do you feel that do you feel that <laughs> um, to take like a psych- psychological perspective, I, I, I almost feel like uh, the 
Luke's projection at the end was almost symbolic of Luke in this movie. Like, it almost wasn't Luke. It was more like an image of Luke rather than the character of Luke. Um, you, you know, go, going through these actions and, and doing things. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's been like 30-something years since we've seen Luke. So he, he, he certainly had plenty of time to turn into the guy living on that island who just wants to die and be alone. But, you know, that wasn't anything any of us expected from him. And uh, I, I almost feel like um, right, this might sound totally wacky, but I almost feel like um, Ryan Johnson might have some kind of uh, father issue or something that kind of ruined his take on Luke. Now, I've gone online. I've been trying to find any information I can about his parents or how he was raised or anything. I can't find anything. All I found is he has a brother, but I don't know anything. I don't know if he was even raised by his parents, but uh, I was just wondering if there's some kind of uh, father issue there that kind of that, that, that colored his take on Luke. Okay. But, uh, and then my prediction is, uh, well, part of it's already come true. And I, I, I mentioned this to our mutual friend, Dan, before this. I was hoping he could be on to confirm this. But uh, I predicted that when um, Disney made the announcement that Ryan Johnson's going to take over the following trilogy, that that was a marketing ploy because they were, they were worried about potential backlash for this film so they wanted to bolster confidence beforehand just to, just to get everybody excited and like oh if he's doing the next trilogy then this month this movie must be great but as we've seen they've already tossed out his uh, uh, episode 9 script and I think once the dust settles from last Jedi and that's not gonna hurt their box office anymore we're gonna hear something about how he stepped down from this new trilogy or something along those lines. Mm. Okay, interesting theory. Who, who knows? Well, I, I we, we know for, for definite whatever the negative criticism this film's going to yeah. get will affect the next film because we've seen that already. I mm -hmm. mean, the, the whole criticism of Ray being a Mary Sue. Yeah. Um, was addressed in this I think film. What, I think what is what is evident is, had mm. there not been, in in you know in our real time, you know thirty eight years or thirty seven years or whatever it was between, um, you, you know Star Wars or at least thirty five years between the end of Jedi and and the Force Awakens, you know had uh -huh. had. Um, they made more films with this cast and sort of not gone back and told the, the prequel uh, trilogy, etc. then I think the stuff that they were trying to sort of show in the flashbacks with Luke, a younger Luke, you know, having a, mm -hmm. a Jedi Academy and, and all of this sort of thing, which I believe they've sort of handled in the, um, the expanded universe to an extent. But you know, I have no doubt that had the films been made a decade earlier mm. than they were, then we probably would have had those sort of things. But obviously, because, um, you know, because the actors are now a certain age, um, mm. because of the, the time that's passed, and they have made it sort of real time, um, 
you, you, you know, they've, they've addressed much older versions of the character where we've obviously missed a lot of history in between. Um, yeah. You, you know, which is kind of sad in some respects because that, you know, there could have been some interesting stories in there. And I guess that, we, you know, we're going to get bombarded with novels well, and comics that will fill that gap in, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I, I, have a, I have a prediction for that also. Okay. I think you've heard about a. Have you heard that Disney's going to do this big their own streaming service? Have you heard about that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I think somewhere along the road, I think this trilogy might, especially if the next one doesn't redeem this trilogy, they're going to have a, a lot of uh, making up to do with the fans. So I think that they're they're going to do an animated movie that takes place between Jedi or Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens that brings back the uh, old characters together. And if they can, you know, they get the voices of whoever they can, but at least the characters and try to pay us back to some degree by having one more story with those characters, even though it's in between these, uh, uh, you know, you know what? these two movies. I actually wouldn't mind that. To be oh, fair, I, I mean, either. I mean, I mean, they filled in gaps, obviously, you know, with, with with Clone Wars between episodes two and three as an animated series, and obviously um, Rebels taking place, you know, five years before Rogue One or whatever, um, you know, and stuff like that. So, you, you know, no doubt we're going to get, especially now Disney own it, we're going to get more and more Star Wars, and I'm sure that there's TV series and all sorts of things mm. planned, and and I think you know. If they cast it right or did it right, then then I would love to see more adventures with um, Han, Leia, Luke, Chewie, etc. That that you know take place after Jedi. That would be awesome. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and even between the films, you know, I, I'm, I've always one of the bits that's always intrigued me is that three years between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. You know, um, yeah. following the Death Star destruction and being pushed across the galaxy and, you know, finding Hoth and all of that. And, you know, Luke learning a little bit of the Force so, you know, he can he can call his lightsaber to him and stuff like that. It, you know, you know that, that time in, in between there, I always thought was a, a very intriguing um, uh, area of Star Wars. And then, of course, they did try and fill in the, the year's gap between... Um, empire and jedi with that sort of shadows of the empire didn't mm. they but uh, oh yeah with, with mixed feelings <laughs> yeah i was gonna i was gonna say i mean didn't the the marvel comics and uh, splinters of the mind sigh uh not do that for you then keith it did yeah it did a bit well i was actually saying on on one of the ones about you know why why we love star wars so much is you, you know those those marvel comics and indeed splinter in the mind's eye um you know, I said that was actually the first novel I ever read mm. as a kid, and um, yeah, it was very cool to see Luke and Leia on a and three PO and R. That'd be great. That'd be another great animated movie they could do. Well, yes. Yes. Be alive to yeah, yeah, yeah. Though they have to take out the sort of Luke Leia robots. Now we know that they're <laughs> brother and sister. It's a bit weird. Yeah, exactly. Jo John Williams always jokes about that. You know, mm. he said that you know when he was writing. Uh, the original Star Wars. He wrote this lovely love theme for uh, Luke and Leia, only to find out in the next film that they were they were going to be brother and sister. 
awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's very awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, um, what 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 do you guys think of uh, the humor, particularly the at the beginning? Well, we 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 we've got a whole other podcast about that. But we no, um, I, I I did sort of address it um, in the fact that I I thought it was a little broad, and mm. I I thought that even though Star Wars has always had humor in it, um, I thought some of it was a little bit out of place, and also. They did try and do a lot of humor in serious moments, which um, mm. I thought took away from some of those serious moments. So uh, yeah. I have a little, I have a little bit of a problem with it, but I know, um, I know Simon doesn't have as much issue with it as no, me. No, I, so. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, you know, it was silly, but I, it was enjoyable, and I don't think it it took anything away from it. And also, I did like the reaction of you know the other sort of commanders i mean especially the dreadnought commander who you know clearly they know they've got a, a bit of an idiot you know sort of <laughs> leading their forces but then you know he also did come up with the the plan to track the capital ship so yeah he, he's not way, at all stupid was it me or did that other commander say bloody I think so, yeah. That pulled me. I have to say that because, again, that to me wasn't Star Wars speak. So that pulled me out slightly. Mm. Um, no, not really. But, I mean, it's, well, I mean, we're just used to, you know, all the, the Empire being made up of British actors. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. What, what, what about you, James? How did you feel about the, 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 the humour aspect of this, this film? Well, the... Uh, Two humorous parts that bothered me was was that beginning thing, um, because I, I was expecting all this tension to start, and there's all this tension before and after, but it, the, those jokes to me just deflated the situation. Like, man, they're about to get their ass kicked, and all of a sudden, hey, wah, wah, hey, hello, where, who, where are you, and all this stuff uh, was just kind of awkward to me yeah and then did did either of y'all uh the luke scott the uh lightsaber thing to me seemed predictable with like the music not that i was predicting it going in but watching it the build-up of the music and stuff i'm like oh my god it's gonna toss it over his shoulder or something and sure enough that's exactly what he did and uh I don't know the comedy. The, I don't, maybe if it wasn't played for comedy, I would have bought it better. And if it didn't seem predictable, I would have bought it better. But I don't know. It, it just kind of felt like it was coming a mile away. Yeah, and, I mean, um, I mean, my, my friend Charles pointed out to me. You know, we were having a bit, a bit of a text backwards and forwards about um, the humor aspects, and he sort of said, "Look, uh, you know, in Return of the Jedi, we get." Chewbacca doing the Tarzan cry for God's sake, so uh, <laughs> which we all know, complained about. We did, yeah. I mean, there's always <laughs> been, and, and definitely in the prequels, there was loads of silly oh, humor in yeah. the prequels. So, um, you, you, you know, it, it's always been there. Uh, the only, the only one where there wasn't much humor at all was was Empire, really. Um, mm -hmm. You know, which interestingly is is most people's favorite. Um, so, uh, but um, yeah, I. I, I 
yeah, I, I had it down. I had I had a list of things that bothered me, and 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 that was yeah, def, definitely one of them. But um, but you know, there, there's a lot of things I liked as well, which 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 we, we yeah. we've covered. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, something and, and, that didn't I didn't mind so much compared to everybody else is that uh, I, I I was uh, bummed out when I thought Leo was dead. Like, okay, well, it makes sense. You know, they can't bring Carrie Fisher back. So, all right, I'll, I'll buy it. I was excited to see her alive. I'm like, okay, we still have more story with her. Cool. And so the, the flying and stuff, I mean, that didn't really bother me so much. Maybe it will if I go back and watch it. But I, didn't, I, I just wanted to, her not to be dead. So I was like, okay, her f- surviving space and an explosion and floating back – I'm fine with it, but they ended up not doing anything with her pretty much for the rest of the time. Well, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think we all want Carrie Fisher not to be dead. Um, yeah. You, you know, and, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they um, they they handle that in the next episode, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. For sure, when we get to episode nine. But um, uh, yeah. Yeah, very sad. I, I have to admit, I thought when she was actually when the ship was was when she was blown into space, I was actually expecting that to be the end for her, yeah. and was quite surprised at um, at what they did. But I didn't have a problem with it because I thought, you know, hey, we we know that she's you know strong with the force as well. So um, you, you know, I, I didn't ridiculous as that may have been i didn't in the context of star wars i didn't really have a a problem with it yeah. much um and, and you know she got to do her at least she got to get her own back with the stun mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, you, you know you, you know she got she got to reverse the uh, what happened to her in episode four and and did it to poe which uh it was like yes go on <laughs> he deserves that <laughs> mm. So yeah, that 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 was cool. But um, yeah. yeah. But any 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 other any other sort of major things that you want to say about any of it, James? From your from your point of view, I know you said you were going to make some notes before the podcast. So I just want to make sure you've had a uh, opportunity to voice them. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, I don't have time to make the notes. So I'm oh, uh, okay. quickly <laughs> run, running uh, running through my head. Um, I just, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I, that's probably it for right now. I'll probably come up with, you know, a hundred things after we're done here. But I want to make a prediction that uh, next movie uh, opens with uh, Leia's funeral. Right, as opposed, yeah, well, this one was supposed to open with Han's funeral, apparently. So um, oh, really? maybe, maybe that's why it didn't. Mm. Could be. That's quite a good prediction, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was supposed to say it was pretty spot on. Well, oh, and the, another prediction. Yeah. Um, those, uh, the the die from um, Millennium Falcon. Anyone think that those are going to show up and be some some sort of significance in the Han Solo movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, we've yeah. already mentioned. We that. mentioned yeah, that. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. probably going to have the Sabat game or whatever it is that uh, that um, yeah. Han yeah, wins but, the Millennium Falcon, and yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it will. It'll be either his lucky charm, or you know, uh, somebody gives it to him. The Woody Howson character gives him the 
the dice or yeah we'll see how, how do you think james how do you think this one um you know obviously on the last podcast you're on you sort of voiced uh about your your thoughts on force awakens having a had had a bit of time to reflect on it but you know where does this sit do you think this is this is stronger than the force awakens or on par with or, or, or what do you think um one time viewing initial impressions is better than force awakens um yeah, that could change though because I, it, the each time i saw force awakens it, it was a roller coaster mm-hmm. me like you know liking something better liking something worse than before and uh but i mean i i enjoyed this one better than force awakens uh the fr- the first viewing i wasn't as thrown off as i was with force awakens just like man like i don't even know what to think about it you know this one i had more you know a concrete idea you know it if overall felt better and stuff um yeah still disappointing stuff could have been shorter could have been tightened up but uh bet better than force awakens interesting especially since especially since they um kind of killed a lot of those plot points like you know if if race parents were nobody i'm fine with them being nobody but don't let it you know be like this big oh who are they nobody <laughs> yeah <laughs> they definitely drop that story point snoop, what the heck was, was going on with snoop he might have been a great villain, but are we ever going to find that out now? Without reading books and comics and video games? Yeah, well, we were saying they subverted expectations somewhat, yeah. didn't they, with that? But, I mean, um, in the original trilogy, we didn't know much about the Emperor either. Yeah, but he wasn't the main villain. You know, Darth Vader was the main villain, whereas mm. this guy was supposed to be set up as, uh, you know, some sort of significant character. Like, oh, you know, we're going to find all of all about Snoke and Last Jedi. We found out how good he dies. Mm. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting for me. On on first watch of this, I definitely didn't like it as much as my first watch of um, uh, Force Awakens. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Force Awakens. Uh, <laughs> I only I only became critical of Force Awakens with repeated viewings, but mm-hmm. initially I was like, oh, you know, it really ticked the. Uh, the Star Wars box for me, um, which this didn't in quite the same way. Um, mm-hmm. But it, interestingly, the, the the film that that's done it the most for me, I have to say, is Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue Rogue One, the the, the, the the film that I love that, that, that's come out sort of post, um, you know, Disney buying Star Wars and, and or Disney buying Lucasfilm, you know, and whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting, and uh, no 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 doubt opinions will will change, but I do I do think it makes for good discussion, and um, yeah, and I like and I like the fact that we don't necessarily all agree on everything because <laughs> then we've got something to talk about and think about. So mm. you know that that's awesome. <laughs> As grown ups, I get the feeling this one's gonna you know gonna be talked about a lot. Yes. Yeah, and part of me, I. Th- I I, I think uh, a lot of the backlash for this one has a lot to do with 
the stuff they set up in Force Awakens that uh, that they didn't address. You know, either they could have not addressed, not set up this stuff in Force Awakens. You know, I think people would have been better with this one, or address the stuff in Force Awakens in a satisfactory manner. Like, why does Luke need the lightsaber? Who are Ray's parents besides nobodies? Who's this uh, Snoke guy? Even if they still kill him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it went its own way. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that you know they they might retcon a lot of it in in the next film. We might f- in, in, we might find out that Ray's parents are somebody special or some Jedi or something like that. Especially with especially with JJ back on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I fear if if they do if they go that route. You know, like, I think they're going to really piss fans off in the sense like, okay, are they, we're told they're important and we're told they're nobodies. Now we're told they're important again. You know, like, uh, you know, I think it makes it for a disconnect in the yeah. Star Wars universe. Yeah. Or you know, for the fans. What's quite ironic about this whole thing is when you think about it is, um, now Star Wars is is looked after by, you know, different creative pe- teams for each film. So you know, different writers, different director. Um, you know, obviously Kathy Kennedy's doing her sort of check on everything, and you've got people like Pablo Delgado and whatever that that are looking after sort of continuity and that. But essentially, it's it's a blank canvas. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the other films, all the Star Wars films prior to this, whether it's the original trilogy or the prequels, even though there's been collaborators involved, they've it's always been George Lucas's story and George Lucas's vision, and uh, y- y- you know he's often been criticised for that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's actually quite ironic now that the the the, the criticism now is often that. <laughs> It hasn't got a single voice and a single writer and 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 a single person shaping the story. And um, you, you know, it's 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 quite it's quite funny. I mean, I'm not saying either is right or wrong. I just think it's it, it's quite amusing actually when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna you know con- contradict things, you know, between movies or you know, not follow up and stuff there is a disconnect there you know like yeah even though um you know like let's take the prequels out of it because lucas needed somebody to step in for those but yeah there was a solid vision for um you know new hope through jedi which we largely saw in that first script if you remember the uh popsy uh wrap-up party when i had the opportunity to read one of the original scripts you know, a, a lot of the the uh, stuff. Yeah, basically, it was all that whole trilogy compressed into one movie. So all those elements were there. The direction that they were going was there. Whereas this, it, it, does, it doesn't feel like they have an actual direction they're going. You know, it's like J- Abrams made a movie, then Johnson made a movie. Abrams is going to come back to make a movie, but it doesn't really feel like they set up. A, uh, a a direction like okay, no, have your take as right. long as it heads that way. Have. Yeah, and and I think you're absolutely right. I don't think they have. <laughs> I don't think there's any any sort of planned structure um, as to where this is going. Uh, so it's very much it's almost like 
in the old days of writing episodic television or, you know, serialized television or whatever, where you have that cliffhanger and then you haven't, you don't know what's going to happen in the next part. So somebody or, else or, it, or, it, uh, or another, <laughs> uh, or just like those sitcoms and all of a sudden like a character, you know, has a drug problem or an alcohol problem out of nowhere, just they, they want to deal with it in that episode. So at the beginning of the episode, all of a sudden like, man, like, you know, like uh, Michael Keaton, you know, is, is drinking, or, or, or uh, you know, Webster's been doing drugs. You know, we got to take care of this. And at the end of the episode, you know, everything's back to normal. You know, kind of almost has a similar thing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it keeps us all. Uh, it keeps us all guessing. I mean, the difference is now. Whereas we used to have to wait three years for everything, we're going to get uh, <laughs> something every year here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, uh, that's in some ways a good thing and in some ways maybe not. But, yeah. hey. Yeah, you know, like, uh, now, that, now that you mentioned it, uh, Force Awakens, it was exciting when that came out. Uh, Rogue One, it was exciting when that came out. It was like, oh, you know, the first, you know, non uh, and thought, you know, what, whatever. Um, Non-main film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now it's like, okay, Rogue One was, you know, I'm still just coming out of Rogue One, you know, it's only a year ago. And uh, we already got a new Star Wars movie and we already got another one coming up maybe in six months. You know, I'm, I'm assuming Solo is going to be pushed back to December also. Um, yeah. Episode nine's already been pushed back to December of 2019. So, yeah. uh, so it's almost like, man, like, can we really handle a Star Wars movie every year. You know, I, well, I, I remember how, how exciting it was. I did, certainly didn't come out of the cinema as excited after this one as I did after coming out of Rogue One last year. So, um, you know, I came out of Rogue One with the biggest smile on my face, absolutely yeah. like, you know, nuts about it. Whereas this, I came out going, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I agree. I, I like uh, Rogue One better. But uh, what, one thing I've noticed is that after Jen Urso, I don't remember anybody's name, any character's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's it's oh, it's that guy with that rather than what his name is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the Jedi monk and his friend, his exactly. Possibly possibly gay friend. If you listen to all the uh, online chattering. Oh um, wow. Yeah. Of course. Who cares, right? Who cares about yeah. that? But yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> what's his name? The, the, then there's Mustache Guy. And, uh... <laughs> yes, indeed. But mm. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping when Abrams comes back, um, I'm hoping that um, Spock's uh, spaceship went so crazy that it even broke a, uh, <laughs> a time warp into the Star Wars universe and they go back. <laughs> Spock goes back, tells Han, you shoot first. When Greedo comes in, you shoot first. And then he comes back and, uh, and fixes Force Awakens and, uh, and everything's better. <laughs> well, why things there are going... There's, there's a pitch. Indeed. And the way things are going, Disney will probably own Star Trek soon as well. Wow. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, one of the few things left they don't own. Mm. In indeed. 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 I, I think they're going to own this podcast at this rate. 
Well, you guys hey, better they watch out. Pay, if yeah. they want to pay for it, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go retire somewhere. <laughs> I'll take those Disney bucks. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he winks at you when you pay. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, all right well that's that i i i think we've probably thrashed it to death yes we have so, yeah um, yeah uh that you can have endless conversations about <laughs> star wars and we do absolutely so so if it's doing one thing right it's 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 giving us stuff to talk about so there you go yeah <laughs> right then James. okay so, well guys it's been great uh chat, chatting with you all thanks yeah. for having me on your podcast again no worries if people want to find your work or, or, or get in touch with you are they able to do so uh yeah um for, for the moment anyways uh my um half broken down website undergroundpop.com and you can contact me at james at undergroundpop.com there we, there we go and keith where can people find your work okay if you go to youtube and put in british isles that's e-y-l-e-s you can find films that I uh, wrote, produced, and directed there, and you can also get in touch through the podcast. And as always, you can find my work at independentrunnings.com. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. It all helps. Okay. One thing I'd also like to do uh, just to um, finish off this podcast is I, I sadly, uh, I, I, I have to dedicate it to someone. Um, and James, the reason I want to do it on this one is because obviously it was someone we both knew very well. Um, mm -hmm. We had the sad news uh, only two weeks ago that one of our good friends from film school, uh, Darren Wyland, um, sadly passed uh, quite unexpectedly um, he was only 43 which is which is no age for anyone to uh, to, to, to pass um, really really sad to hear this Darren was uh, a really kind generous person uh, I, I remember that um, every uh, Thanksgiving the, 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 the people who didn't actually come from Florida um used to get he used to invite over with him and his brother Christoph um to give us Thanksgiving dinner uh every year without fail. In fact, I still remember, James, that that's where you, me, Dan, uh Rod, uh Leanna, Joe, um you, you know, we all we all bonded with um Darren and Christoph that first yep. year that I was over. And um, yeah, that's you know, a great my, year. My, my first experience of Thanksgiving uh, in the US. Um, also, you mentioned Popsy earlier. When I when I came over years later uh, to do Popsy, the film, um, Darren loaned me with no questions whatsoever his car, uh, so I had a vehicle to drive around in in the in the month that I was out there. Um, so he was clearly one of the the, the kindest, most generous people we ever worked with um we worked with him on a on a play uh which is where we all got to know each other and he was a big star wars fan as well uh and i'm sure that if he was still here i i only wish that we could have him on the podcast to uh to talk with us about this as well so um 
my heart goes out to uh, Christoph and Liana and the rest of Darren's family. And uh, I want to just take a moment to dedicate this to Darren Wyland. You'll be sadly missed. Gone, but not forgotten. Indeed.